in your Bibles, if you would turn to Acts chapter 27, we're jumping a few chapters forward. As you start reading the last 10, 12 chapters of the book of Acts, you will notice that many themes are repeated just in different contexts. And so I would like us, as we just follow on um, what Rigby taught us last week, I thought we would talk a little bit more about similar things. And so would you turn to Acts chapter 27? We want to read verses 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, I always like to pause when I see the word gentle because when it starts out, when a gentle south wind began to blow, you know that something more is coming. So hold on to your seats and surely it did happen. They saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee, the small island called Cuda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sartus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I'll urge you to keep up your courage because none of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God came to whom I said and I belonged and whom I served beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Since Acts chapter 21, for a period of two years, Paul has been a prisoner, first of the Jewish authorities and then the Roman government. And because he ultimately appealed to Caesar's authority in this matter of the gospel, he is now waiting for his case to be heard through Caesar himself. This was Paul's opportunity. It was also his vision to preach the gospel in Rome. That was his focus. And he knew the only way he could actually do it 
was through this way. Finally, as we come to Acts chapter 27, Paul finds himself in the custody of a centurion known to him as Julius. And along with Paul's companions, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, and Erosticus. They are on board and um, they head towards Italy. But along the way, they encounter some stormy weather. The 27th chapter of Acts, it's the story of this long storm experience within Paul's life. As we read this chapter, it seems like Paul's adversity will never end. It reminds me a little bit of um, some of our lives when we step into a situation of adversity and we go along and it just feels like it will never end. I know for Erica, her mom was taken into a hospital this past week and so we prayed with Erica. We were with her seeing her mom, the brothers came because they really feel that soon Erica's mom um, would be with Jesus. But I know that Erica has worked so hard looking after her mom. She's a real hero in just looking. But sometimes the adversity that we find ourselves in, the difficulty, it seems that it goes on forever and forever and forever. Some of you may be thinking within your lives today, this struggle that I'm involved in, is it gonna ever end? Will the circumstances change? And for some of us who have a clear insight into our own lives, we will address ourselves and we would say, will I ever change within this situation? Some of the adversity that you and I face is oftentimes because we are not changing. And so adversity is with us. And God is trying to get us to a place where we change and oftentimes things will start to change within our lives. And so often we blame everyone and everything out there, but adversity, trial, difficulty, oftentimes is sent for you and I to change. However, the context of the book of Acts, as we have seen over the last few months, is that the gospel needed to be preached in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so when you look at the story of the book of Acts and all of the things that are happening, the key thought is actually the gospel being preached and everything that is happening is surrounded by that truth. And so when you look at Paul sailing towards Italy, appearing before Caesar, it was not because he was a difficult guy and he just wanted his case to be heard because they wrongly accused him and imprisoned him. It was so that the gospel could be preached in Rome. And so the context of the storm, the context of the adversity is the gospel. And one of the key truths within our church here at Lyft is that the gospel would be preached 
wherever we go. And so some of the trial that you and I would be facing here is so that the gospel can be preached. And my friends, when we center our lives in this wonderful truth, just like Paul did, and when adversity comes because we are living our lives so that others can hear about this wonderful Jesus, there's a supernatural energy, strength that comes from God to sustain us. But we've got to learn to center the gospel, that wonderful story about Jesus within our lives. And my friends, then the struggles that we are going through, and some of them seems to be very, very long, is worth it because we live our lives for the sake of eternity. And we have to remind ourselves often of this. And this is the context of Acts chapter 27. You can't read this chapter without understanding that that is where Paul has centered his life at. And it is centered in the context of the gospel. I just want to look at some truths, four timeless truths for the uncertain times that you and I live in. And we see it so clearly come out in Paul's journey here. Truths that just sustained him during the storm. And I'm gonna mention them quickly for you. The first truth that we're gonna look at is simply to listen to God's word. Secondly, to keep Christ central within our lives. Thirdly, to believe in God's sovereign plan for you and for the sake of the gospel. And thirdly, for us to lighten the loads within our lives. And so let's look at Paul's life here. Um, in Acts chapter 27, verse 29, the scripture says, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. And that's why I've got four anchors that we need to drop from the stern so that we could stay the course that we are on. Are you like me sometimes where you get a little bit tired, you get a little bit frustrated, and you want to lift up those anchors and you want to go your own way? Are there anyone who feels like that sometimes? Oh, I'm so glad there's a few of you. This past week I felt that way where I just wanted to lift some anchors and just go my own way. And it's amazing that sometimes when we feel that way, you know, God just reminds us of, reminds us of certain things and he says, just stay the course. And we see here that Paul finds himself in that place. I think, personally, that Paul was quite a driven man. I think he was one of those people who would be a company CEO if he was in business. I think that if he was at a school, he would be the principal of a school. I think that if he played football for Man United, he would be the captain of Man United. He was just this type of individual. And so he knew 
what God's plan was for his life, but more than just for his life, what God's plan was for the church and for the kingdom of God. And he needed to stay the course for the sake of God's glory. My friends, every single one of us play a part in God's plan for this world and for his kingdom. And if you really believe that, would you be able to say yes to that? Because sometimes we don't believe it. Sometimes we feel when we look at the story, we feel that it's just for Paul. Or it is just for Piet. (laughs) But you play such an important part and role in God's overall plan. And God wants all of us to stay the cause. I think some, you know, one of our biggest problems is that we don't feel that God cares enough of us, enough about us to include us in his plan. God has included every single one of you in his plan. The devil is so clever, he wants you to underestimate your worth to God. He wants you to get distracted even with good things so that you cannot stay the course of what God has for you. Because if he can distract you, then someone else needs to take on double the load to fulfill the course. It's just how clever the devil is. If I get distracted, then Jenny needs to carry double the load within our family. The devil is so clever, and it's exactly the same within the church. It's exactly the same within the kingdom of God. Each and every one of us have a role to play. I'm so thankful for Kima as she led the band today because then I can focus on what I need to do. Ellen met Adam at the back there. Adam's our administrator and they were talking and Alan, when he was on staff with us, he's just a multi-talented man. He's a musician. He's technical and he has a heart for people, and so, you know, Alan would play many different roles, and as him and Adam spoke this past week, Adam just said to him, um, Alan, I take care of the administrative stuff so Piet can take care of the spiritual stuff. What Adam was meaning was Piet will take care of the problems with the people. <laughs> Not necessarily. But you see, all of us have a role to play, and I'm so deeply grateful for the Kemas, so deeply grateful for the Adam because then I can focus on my role. And if all of us learn to understand how much we mean to God in his overall plan, we would also, like Paul, work very, very hard to keep his focus and to do what he needs to do. And so I just want us to look at Four timeless truths for the times that we live in. Acts chapter 27, verses 31 to 32 says this. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Paul 
listened to the word that God gave him. What was the word? The word was, these men must stay with the ship. My friends, we need to hear God's word to us. Now, of course, allegorically, I can give you meanings of the ship. The ship could mean unless you stay in your marriage, unless you stay um, in the church and not you know, just become a little church within yourself. You know, so we can use allegories here. But the very, very important thing here is that we need to hear God's word for ourselves. I'm so deeply grateful for the written word of God. And you know, over the last few months, I said, bring your paper Bible to, to the church. And, it, uh, and, and, and some guy says, Piet, you're just old fashioned. <laughs> but I think there is something where we just fall in love with God's word. And of course, it's not just, it's not the papers that we fall in love with, is it? But it's what God says in the Bible. And I must say that it's just, I was reading the Bible on my iPad, on my phone, but I just went back to this paper Bible because it helps me to make some progress as I read and I make some notes in it. And, and for some reason, because I'm old fashioned, yes, I know, I could just go back. And when I start reading, I read and I read and I read until I hear God through these pages. It's not just to read. I did that a few weeks ago and this past week again, woke up a little bit earlier than normal and I just started reading chapter after chapter. And you know, as you start to read chapter after chapter, eventually you kind of wake up and you say, what have I just read? And then I have to go back two chapters and read it all over again because my mind would just kind of be out there. And I would say to God, God, would you just speak to me in this moment? Don't do your devotions. Don't just read the Bible for the sake of ritual. The question that I ask when I read it is, God, what is your word to me? And you know, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It is that word that I'm speaking about here. Uh, uh, the timeless truths that helps us in uncertain times is when you remember God's word. To you, how can you remember God's word to you if you don't take time to hear his word for your life? Don't be religious, just be real. And when you, be, when you are real, you read the Bible and you read and read. Sometimes I read and read and read and I just don't hear God's word for me. Close the Bible, I go and pray, I come back a little bit later and then I read it and suddenly I hear God's word for me. Paul, as he was on his journey, as the storm raged, as he heard all of the voices of the people out there, can you imagine all of the sailors? They look to the leaders, even if you're not an official leader, they'll look to you and Paul, in that boat, he was imprisoned. He had two colleagues that were traveling with him because they believed in the gospel. Luke and another man, Articus, he was traveling with Paul and they were there to encourage him. But Paul heard the voices of Articus and Luke and they may have said, hey, let's just get in a boat and separate ourselves from these men. Or whatever the voices were around Paul, what he did was he separated all of those voices 
and he remembered God's voice speaking him, God's word to him. And as yesterday, I was thinking through the message and through the first point, I felt impressed to say to you today, remove all of the other voices in your life just for a brief moment while you're going through this uncertainty within your life. Just separate those voices and just say, God, I wanna remember and hear your last word to us. And my friends, it is amazing how something will settle within your life. A timeless truth for Paul during this storm that seemed unending where it affected the lives of other people and he felt so responsible was to listen to God's word. So that's point number one, is to listen to God's word. I just want you to take a step backwards. What do you need to listen to as God speaks to you? With our friends Ellen and Nikki, we could, and Jen, this, the last few days, we could just say, you know, what were some of the last words that God spoke to us about? And we were talking about how Jenny and I came to Switzerland. They were part of that journey, part of that decision making in our church. They were part of our local eldership there. And, Nikki was one lady who had a prophetic word for us um, on our journey here. And so we just reminisced on some of the words that God spoke to Jenny and I. Sometimes it's good just to think about some of those words that God spoke to us. But very importantly, we've got to listen to them. Paul had to listen to God's word because very clearly in this passage of scripture, it says that the other people on the boat lives were threatened by how Paul listened to the word of God. Whose voice are you listening to? Acts chapter 27 verses 35 and 36 says this, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. I love this picture here. In the midst of the storm, Paul broke bread and he gave thanks to God in front of them all. I think there were many other things that Paul could have done to try and save lives. He could have said to them, hey guys, let's get the boats ready. Let's make sure there's no leaks within the boat. Let's make sure that the captain has this right course to set. He could have said many things, but here we see that he says to them, let's sit down, let's break bread together, let's give thanks to God. Remember, he was a prisoner on the boat. He was in chains. And sometimes you and I just need to take the leadership, whether it's within a marriage, whether it's within a group of people, sometimes just within our own lives. And what we need to do is 
just to break bread and to give thanks to God. And he did that in front of them all. My friends, a timeless truth in the uncertain times that we need to live in is that we need to keep Christ central to your life. It seems such a spiritual truth, doesn't it? But do you know what? It is the all-important truth. When I start drifting, the easiest way for me to get back is to say, Jesus, would you be central to my life? Why? Because he's my savior. I know that he saved me from my sins. And secondly, I know that he's my Lord and King because I've submitted everything to him. And so when I start to forget that, that's the easiest step back. Why? Because it's a relational thing that we need to do. We're good at relationship, people. Don't let the devil get you. We're good at relationships. We're not always good at the other things that we need to do, but we're good at relationship. And Jesus is a relational prayer away. Would you remember that? Jesus is a relational prayer away, and when we keep him central within our lives, very quickly we get back on course. It's, 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 it's almost like I want to apologize for mentioning this. But my friends, it is so crucial. But also, he is waiting just for us to take that relational step. And practically, how do you do it? Well, I would encourage you, just do what Paul did here. Grab some bread, Take some juice, grape juice. Sit down with someone, be it your wife, be it your husband, be it a friend, and just break bread together. Because we know when we do it together as a church or a small group, the Bible says we must remember him. Then that relational truth becomes central to our lives. There are some of you who just need to do this relational thing, and it's amazing how you're gonna get back on course. I know... I was obviously struggling with some health issues and one of the ladies, she's here today in our church, sent Jenny and I a message and she said to Jen, Jen, tell Piet that you and Piet for 10 days just need to break bread together and pray. And, you know, I could have said, oh no, you know, that's, that sounds strange to do it for 10 days. Jen said it, I just said to Jen, Jen sent her a message back and said to her, we'll do it. And so for 10 days, Jenny and I broke bread together. Broke bread together and we prayed. And sometimes we just need to do these things to bring Christ back into the center of our lives. If you are going through an emotionally tough time, why don't you just ask someone to break bread with you for seven days? Just bring Christ back. If you just feel that you're being distracted by so many things, just ask someone over Zoom even if that's what it takes, just to break bread with you. My friends, I think it is crucially important that we keep Jesus central 
to our lives. Thirdly, and Rigby preached so well on that, so I'm not gonna spend much time on it. Acts chapter 27, verses 22 to 26 says this. I think something happened to us. Okay, good. My screen is doing some strange things, so I trust what's happening at the back. Acts chapter 27, verses 22 to 26 says, but now I urge you then to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some Island. Isn't that an amazing scripture? Let me tell you something. Follow men and women who fear God. Being a part of their company is a good thing. These people listened to Paul and because they followed Paul's leadership in this context, yes, the ship was lost but the lives of these people were saved. And this is the third timeless truth. When we face uncertain times, believe in God's sovereign plan for your life. Believe in God's sovereign plan for your life. Wonderful quote by Charles Spurgeon. And this is what Charles Spurgeon says, God is too good to be unkind and he is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. And then lastly, Acts chapter 27 verse 38 says, when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. My friends, the fourth timeless truth that we need to remember in uncertain times is that we need to lighten our loads or you need to lighten your load. There are times we are simply drowning in the midst of the storm because we carry way too many things with us. It was interesting that God said to Paul and them, lighten the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Now the grain was what they were eating. My friends, there are sometimes good things that we need to release from our lives and we need to throw them away. I think within a church like us, carry the load of so many good things that they weigh us down. Yes, we must get rid of the bad things, no doubt. But I think sometimes we have a bad theology when it comes to the good things within our lives. Too much holiday is not too good. Too much wine is not too good. 
but I will have that bottle of wine that you normally sent me. <laughs> too much of this, too much of that, and I think in a church like us, where we have resource, our loads are too heavy, folk, and we wanna wonder why we are struggling. I really felt God's word to many of us today is to lighten your load. Holy Spirit will teach you what is that. And it's humorous in saying a few things. But I think for some of us, we need to lighten our load. I'm going to conclude with this scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. 